0: jazz piano skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Well, here we are, a new month, and it's time to move on and begin exploring our improvisation patterns and fingerings in a new context. Last month, we thoroughly dissected the primary sounds of music, major, dominant, minor, half diminished, and diminished for F. And not only that, we tackled the F altered dominant sounds as well with our set of jazz improv patterns and fingerings. Now it's time to move on. And some of you may be thinking, wait a minute, we can't move on. I still lack a solid command of the improvisation patterns and fingerings for F. Hmm. You know what? You bring up a good point. And now that I think about it, it, right? It only makes sense that we shouldn't rush our development. We should. We should probably just stay put until everyone feels comfy with the improv patterns and fingerings for F before moving on to B flat. Right? Wrong. Too bad. Buck it up. We're moving. <laughs> We're moving on, man. With or without you, we're moving on regardless of where you are in the process of mastering F. We are going to intentionally create forward motion so that we actually can rush our jazz piano playing development. Listen, nothing causes development stagnation more than staying put in one location until we think... We have it down, which by the way, never truly happens, right? Here's a little news flash. Here's a little public service announcement for you. Professional jazz pianists are always thinking they need to improve their playing in every conceivable way possible and are constantly thinking about the various skills they are focusing on and constantly creating forward motion in order to continue improving. In other words, professional pianists do not stay put in one key, in one sound, on one note. They do not stay put, and neither do you. So all that to say, too bad, so sad. Today we move on to exploring the primary sounds of music, major, dominant, minor, half diminished and diminished, for the note B-flat. So today we are going to discover essential jazz improvisation exercises. And we are going to learn developmental arpeggio and scale patterns of B-flat sounds. And we're going to play five arpeggio and scale patterns focusing on fingerings and articulation for the primary B-flat sounds of music, major, dominant, minor, half diminished, and diminished. So as I always like to say, regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even if you consider yourself an experienced and seasoned professional, You're going to find this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring jazz improvisation exercises for B-flat sounds to be very beneficial. Now, before we dig in, if you are a new listener to Jazz Piano Skills podcast, if you are new to Jazz Piano Skills, I want to invite you to become a Jazz Piano Skills member. Now, there are various membership plans to choose from, so check out jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about the perks of each membership plan. Educational weekly podcast packets, sequential jazz piano curriculum loaded with comprehensive courses, online weekly master classes, online interactive fake book, private jazz piano skills community, which hosts a variety of engaging forums, and Unlimited private, personal, and professional educational support. All of these benefits are waiting to help you discover, learn, and play jazz piano. So check it all out at jazzpianoskills.com and become a member. Okay, on to the question of the week before we dig in. I've actually had this question asked several times by several different folks over the past several years. So I thought I would answer the question on a podcast episode because I suspect that many of you may have the very same question. The question is this. Why do you teach students to use the seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale when playing a diminished chord? and not the whole half-diminished scale that the rest of the entire jazz world teaches? (laughs) Great question. The answer has two parts. Part one, I like it better. Part two, I like teaching the origins of sound before presenting any additional options. So the diminished sound originates from the harmonic minor scale, the seventh mode. Therefore, just as you learn that the dominant sound is the fifth mode of the major scale, Mixolydian, you should know that the diminished sound is the seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale. Are there other scale options to use for diminished sound? Of course, of course there are. And the whole half diminished scale is prob- probably the most commonly referenced. But it is a symmetrical scale, like the whole-tone scale, or the augmented scale, the chromatic scale, and so on. It's not, it is not the origin of the diminished sound. So think about this. The half-whole diminished scale can be used. Now, there's two scales, right? The whole-half diminished and the half-whole diminished, Okay. Can get a little confusing, but the half hold diminishing scale can be used over a dominant chord. And I do not know any jazz educator, any jazz educator that would present that scale as the scale to use over a dominant sound before teaching students about the mixolydian mode and the origin of the dominant sound. So I like to teach the origin of each of the primary sounds of music before presenting other alternatives. And honestly, I'm, I'm baffled as to why jazz educators love teaching modes, except when it comes to the diminished sound. And it's really too bad because the seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale, the diminished sound, is a very hip sound, which should be part of your jazz scale arsenal, as you'll find out today. So I hope this helps, right? I hope I hope it helps. I teach the seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale because it's the origin of the diminished sound. And we want to learn that first before learning alternatives, just like we do for any other sound, major, dominant, minor, and half diminished. Now, if further clarification is needed, please feel free to reach out to me. As always, right? I'm happy to spend time with you. And of course, explore any jazz questions that you may have in greater detail. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about today's lesson rationale before we get into it. I have mentioned this before, and it's certainly worth mentioning again. If someone challenged me to create a top 10 list of the most important jazz piano skills, I would have no problem listing number one and number two. Numbers three through 10, I'd I'd have to give some thought to, some serious thought. But numbers one and two, (laughs) they're no-brainers. Number one, the most important jazz skill to develop. Number one is time, hands down. Number one. And right behind it in the number two slot would be articulation. In other words, being able to play musical phrases, melodies, whether they're composed or improvised, to play these melodies in such a way that sound like jazz. And I have come to discover over the past 30-plus years of teaching that the reason jazz piano students have difficulty articulating correctly, articulating a correct jazz feel and sound, is because of fingerings. If the student comes from a classical background, which, which they typically do, if they come from that classical background, they soon discover that traditional classical fingerings don't always lend themselves to proper jazz articulation, right? In other words, one size does not fit all. And in fact, the ways in which we instinctually approach playing scales and arpeggios, learn from our classical training, oftentimes, to be quite honest with you, oftentimes, if not the majority of time need to be modified or slightly changed in order for us to play our scales and arpeggios with a proper and authentic jazz articulation. Now, ironically, I believe all professional jazz pianists, educators, understand this reality. However, However, as I have mentioned before, we rarely talk about or address the importance of fingerings in order to articulate correctly. And I think we we all have this kind of mentality of, hey, I, I I had to figure it out. And you will too, right? Good luck. You'll you'll get it though. Just just hang in there. And I get it. Plus we like to all also use the reasoning that fingerings right, we also use this logic that fingerings depends on the size of one's hands. So it's it's difficult to talk about fingerings when it is more than likely Different for everyone because our hand sizes are different. I get that too. But here at Jazz Piano Skills, we have committed since the beginning of the year that we are going to approach this elephant in the room head on this year by utilizing various arpeggio and scale developmental improvisational patterns to address fingerings, which in turn will refine our articulation skills. And, of course, the number one jazz challenge as well, time, right? So throughout this entire year, we have been and will continue to devote our effort to exploring the primary sounds of music for all 12 notes, the major, dominant, minor, half, diminished, and diminished, using arpeggio and scale developmental improvisational exercises that will focus help us focus or force us to deal with fingerings. And our fingerings will help us begin moving our right hand over the keyboard properly, which in turn will help us develop an authentic jazz articulation, right? Now we're going to utilize, we have been utilizing the same approach to explore Explore the altered sounds as well, right? The flat nines, sharp nines, sharp 11, flat five, sharp five, flat 13. Each month we focus on one of the 12 notes. Back in January, we started with C, February F, and now the month of March, B flat. One week of the month will be devoted to the primary sounds. One week of the month will be devoted to the altered sounds. And then, of course, we follow this up with a tune, typically a bebop tune, which will help us apply our fingerings and articulation to a musical setting. And nothing better than a bebop tune to challenge us with our fingerings and articulation. So the educational agenda for today is as follows. Number one we begin our jazz improvisation exercises for B-flat sounds. Number two, we will play essential arpeggio patterns that you need to discover, learn, and play from the root to the 13th of the sound using a root, third, fifth, and seventh entry. Number three, we will play essential scale patterns that you need to discover, learn, and play from the root to the 13th of the sound and again we'll be using a root third fifth and seventh entry number four i will be playing all jazz improvisation exercises today using the diminished sound based on the seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale. What a coincidence. And number five, I will be playing all jazz improvisation exercises using a funky little kind of, I don't know, Memphis groove of 110. You'll see, you'll hear. Okay. So if you are a jazz piano skills member, I want you to hit the pause button right now. I want you to take a few minutes to download and print your weekly podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, and the play right, for this episode. Your membership grants you access to all of the educational podcast packets for every weekly podcast episode. And as I mentioned, every week, you should use these podcast packets when listening to the episode, of course, right, And you should definitely be using them when practicing as well. Now, if you are listening to this podcast on any of the popular podcast directories, and there's many of them, Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and the list goes on. Be sure to go directly to jazzpianoskillspodcast.com. That's jazzpianoskillspodcast.com to access, to download your podcast packets and you will find the active download links within the show notes. Okay. And one final, but very significant note that I mention every week as well, that if you think the jazz improvisation exercises for B flat, if you're sitting there listening and if you're thinking that these improvisation exercises for B flat and the various skills that we are about to discover, learn, and play are over your head, then I would say to you, okay, so what? No worries. I want you to continue to listen and grow your jazz piano skills intellectually by just simply listening to this podcast episode. Every new skill, every skill is over our heads when first introduced. But this is exactly how we get better. We place ourselves smack dab in the middle of uncomfortable conversations where we're hearing things that we've never heard before. We're hearing words that we've never heard before. We have no idea what's being discussed. And so we're forced to grow intellectually. And I say it all the time. All musical growth begins upstairs, mentally, conceptually, before it can come out downstairs physically in your hands. So sit back, listen to this podcast lesson now to discover and learn the play. I guarantee it will come in time. It always does. Okay, now that you have your lead sheets in front of you, uh, in your hands, I want to point out a few things. You will see that lead sheets one through five deal with arpeggio motion. Lead sheets six through 10 deal with scale motion. Now, you'll also notice that the jazz improvisation exercises are the same for all five primary sounds, major, dominant, minor, half, diminished, and diminished. But the exercises are, of course, modified to reflect the proper sound. You'll also notice that my f- suggested fingerings are included for every note of every exercise for every sound. And of course, you can modify the fingerings, but be careful, right? Remember, our fingerings are what allow us to play with proper jazz articulation. So you may be inclined to change fingerings because you think it feels more comfortable or is easier. However, as I have mentioned, sometimes your easier may actually end up making it harder for you to play these patterns or these ideas with proper jazz articulation. So just be careful. And The other thing we always want to make sure that if you do modify these patterns, there's always got to be a hand shift that's taking place. These are built into these fingering exercises to get your hands moving across the keyboard correctly. Okay? All right, so let's dig in. Okay, I mentioned earlier that I am going to be modeling every t- everything today using the diminished sound. So I want you in your lead sheets packet. I want you to pull out skill five, skill five, and skill ten. Skill five deals with arpeggio development, developmental patterns. Skill ten deals with scale uh, developmental patterns. Okay, and these are for the diminished sound, and of course. I do not have time in the podcast episode to play through all the major and dominant, minor, and half diminished sounds as well, but they're, they are there for you to practice. And so everything I model for you today is applied and uh, uh, approached in the same way uh, for your major, dominant, minor, and half diminished sounds as well. So looking at uh, skill five, you'll notice that I actually have everything labeled as A sharp diminished, not B flat diminished. The same thing, correct? Yes, I get it. But I'm notating as A sharp diminished because that diminished comes from the seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale, which is going to be the B harmonic minor scale, right? Which is spelled using sharps, not flat. So I'm just being theoretically correct here to reference it as A sharp diminished instead of B flat diminished. Now uh, just so uh, you know the easiest way to think about a harmonic minor scale is to think of it as the major scale with a flat third and a flat six. So if we take our B major scale and we flat the third which would be the D sharp and we flat the sixth which would be the G sharp we now have our B harmonic minor scale and it sounds like this. Right? Again. I'm playing it from the root to the seventh of that sound. So we're going to take the top note of that B harmonic minor scale, which is the A sharp and we're going to place it on the bottom. And now we get this. Which goes perfectly with our B flat diminished or A sharp diminished chord.
1: It's
0: a beautiful sound. Seventh mode harmonic minor scale. So you'll see on your lead sheet. A B C D and E five patterns. These are all primarily using arpeggio motion, ascending arpeggio motion. So I want to bring the ensemble in. I want to. I'm going to play through each one of these. Pay attention to the fingerings that I have notated below each of these patterns. I'm going to play uh, uh, each idea: the root entry, the third entry, the fifth entry, and the seventh entry, four times. Before moving on, right? So you're going to hear me play the A sharp diminished or B flat diminished with a root entry four times. And then, uh, with a third entry, four times, fifth entry, four times, seventh entry, four times. Okay. So I want to bring the ensemble in. letter a simple arpeggio from the root to the seventh from the third to the ninth. From the th- fifth to the eleventh, and from the seventh to the thirteenth. Wow. Playing a diminished sound from the root through to thirteenth. Wow. How novel is that, right? So, okay, the ensemble's coming in. We're going to play this exercise four times on each uh, entry point, and going to be using. Uh, Uh, kind of a Memphis blues kind of uh, groove, which gives us a straight eighth feel, right? Not a a swing eighth, but a straight eighth feel. You'll get it. You'll hear it. Here we go. Check it out. (laughs) ¶¶ know i mentioned i think this i mentioned this maybe last week's episode or a few episodes ago that whenever i'm learning a new skill jazz piano skills maybe it was in a master class that i mentioned this i typically believe it or not i typically like to use a groove with a straight eighth feel like a bossa nova groove you know a rock groove or something like what i'm playing today with like a memphis blues kind of thing with a straight eighth feel before actually applying a swing groove or swing feel to it. So I thought with us getting familiar, many of you probably getting very familiar with the um, diminished sound in the seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale, that I'd use some kind of groove that had a straight eighth feel, but I didn't want to use the, you know, the the bossa nova groove. We I've, I've done that many times, but thought I'd try something a little different. So it's fun. So, okay, so we just played the diminished sound from the root to the 13th using uh, four entry points, the root, the third, the fifth, and the seventh. So now we're going to modify that just slightly in letter B, pattern number two. And uh, you'll see that it's the same kind of idea, right? Root entry, third entry, fifth, seventh entry, arpeggio motion. But now we have a little uh, descending, ascending movement within the pattern. Um, we have, so it's, it has a little bit more shape to it as opposed to just straight ascending. So we're going to keep the groove the same. It's The tempo is 110 we're going to keep this straight eighth feel. And now let's listen to letter B and pay attention to those fingerings. Notice how I'm starting with that index finger when I'm on a black note, when I'm on that A-sharp or that B-flat or that C-sharp, right, starting with my index finger. So. Alright, here's the ensemble, let's check out pattern number two, letter B. Here we go. It's got a little more shape to it. I love it. So now let's take a look at letter C. It gets a little funkier here. And I want to talk about, um, some of the fingering options here. I have, for instance, on the very first, uh, pattern, the root entry, I have a fingering marking there, two, five, one, four, two, one, the pattern goes like this. Right. Again, feel free, if you'd like to start with your thumb, you certainly can. I know the rule of thumb is that we try to avoid our thumb on a black note when starting a musical line or a phrase and and true. But that's not always the case. That is not set in stone. So if you feel more comfortable instead of going two, five, one, four, two, one, You can do something like a one, four, and then shift to one, four again. You got that nice hand movement in there. Anyway, these are the areas that I'm talking about that you can modify slightly um, if you prefer to do so. Um, But anyway, let's bring the ensemble in. Let's listen to pattern three, letter C and see what we think. Again, root entry, third entry, fifth and seventh entry, each pattern I'm going to play four times. Here we go. Check it out. to letter D, and we have the dreaded eighth note triplets to deal with in this pattern. Uh, So again, straight eighth feel, root entry, third entry, fifth entry, seventh entry. Again, I'm playing these at 110 today, and I mention this every week. That's Honestly, that's a snappy tempo. Uh, I, I would encourage you to play these exercises these patterns at a much slower tempo at first, especially if you're getting familiar with the scale, you're getting familiar with the fingerings, you're trying to play it with the proper articulation. There's a lot of stuff going on, right? So uh, slow the tempo down, make it manageable, make it comfy so that you can indeed focus on fingerings. You can indeed focus on articulation. You can indeed focus on the notes of the, of the scale and the arpeggios, right? So I know I'm playing at 110, but by all means begin at much slower tempos. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's listen to pattern four, letter D, eighth note triplets arpeggiated motion. Okay. Each entry point, root third, fifth, and seventh, will be repeated four times. Okay, here we go. Check it out. Our final pattern using arpeggio motion, letter E, pattern five, and something that you may have noticed, I've mentioned it before, that each of these phrases, these patterns keep getting a little longer. And if you look at letter E, you can see that we've crossed over the bar line, right? We have a phrase here that lasts not just an entire one measure, but into count one of measure two as well. So again, following the same format, right? Root, third, fifth, seventh entry. And um, again, it's uh, pay attention to the fingerings and the movement of the hand, the hand shifts that are taking place within these phrases. It'd be a good idea if uh, you really want to zero in on these hand shifts. So maybe take a red marker or highlighter and highlight where the hand is shifting be aware of that, okay? So let's listen to letter E, our last pattern for arpeggiated motion for our A sharp or B flat diminished sound using the seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale. So here we go, check it out. officially wrapped up all five patterns for using arpeggio motion for our diminished B-flat diminished, A-sharp diminished sound using the seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale. So now we're actually on to scale uh, scale movement. So we're now look at lead sheets 10, scale 10. All of these patterns, we have five again, A, B, C, D, and E. We have five patterns, but the primary motion in each one of these ideas is scale motion, not arpeggio motion. Letter A, as we did with the arpeggio, we're going to start off by just simply playing the scale from the root to the seventh, from the third to the ninth, from the fifth to the eleventh, and from the seventh to the thirteenth. Okay? So the same kind of idea, but using scale motion instead of arpeggio motion. Pay attention to the D and the Gs. The note D is natural, the note G is natural. Again, we turn a major scale into a harmonic minor scale by lowering the third one half step by lowering the sixth one half step. All right, so let's bring the ensemble in. Let's listen to pattern one, letter A, scale motion using the seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale to satisfy our B-flat or A-sharp diminished sound. Here we go. told you the seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale is a very cool sound to use with a diminished chord. It should definitely be in your jazz scale arsenal. Okay. So now let's look at pattern two, letter B. And just like we did with the arpeggios, we're going to now basically play the scale again, but we're going to have a little uh, angle, a little motion to it, a shape to it, right? So uh, you can see we have a Interval leap right from the very beginning on count one of each of these uh, of each uh, pattern from the root, the third, the fifth, and the seventh, and we have a little descending followed by ascending scale motion. So just a little bit more interest, right? Typically, it, I mean, it's it's still the the seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale. It is the scale, but now we've given it a little shape, right? Which is what we do when we improvise. So let's bring the ensemble in, let's check out pattern two, letter B, A sharp diminished using the seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale, here we go. we were only going to use eighth note triplets when dealing with arpeggio motion. You were sadly mistaken because here we are again, right? Letter C, pattern three, we have eighth note triplets moving through our scale using eighth note triplets from the root to the seventh, the third to the ninth, the fifth to the eleventh, and the seventh to the thirteenth. So we have our A sharp diminished chord, B flat diminished. We have our seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale. Now we're adding some rhythmic interest, right, uh, to this to this scale. Again, as we do when we improvise. So let's listen to pattern three, letter C, and see what we think of these eighth note triplets moving through that harmonic minor sound over our diminished chord. So here we go. Let's check it out. Thank you. I want to point out that I want you to do on your own as you look at these lead sheets. You know, pay attention to the fingerings um, just visually, right? And notice the repetition, the, the dominant use of your third finger, the first finger, right? One and three, one and three, one and three. If, you know, look at that A sharp diminished. Look at the pattern starting on the third entry look at the fingering, 3, 1, 4, right? So kind of eyeball these finger patterns and see the numbers that jump off the page to you, right? That you can visually see that the primary use of the fingerings 1 and 3, 1, 2, 3 throughout these patterns throughout this, using this scale and arpeggio motion. All right. So now let's take a look at pattern four, letter D. Again, our phrases, our musical lines are getting longer, right? We're passed over the bar line. We're in the measure two now, uh, again, and, but we're going to follow the same format, root entry, third entry, fifth and seventh entry. And now we have these nice long scale phrases, uh, that we're playing. And of course we're using the seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale, that that playing over our A sharp diminished or B flat diminished chord. All right. So here we go. Let's bring the ensemble in and let's check this out. <laughs> Pattern of the day, letter E, pattern five. And again, our musical line just gets a little bit longer. Nice scale motion, again, from the root entry, third, fifth, and seventh, covering the entire sound, the diminished sound, from the root to the 13th. Okay? You know, I got to be honest, most people, when it comes to the diminished chord, you rarely hear people talking about a diminished ninth or a diminished eleventh or a diminished thirteenth. And again, that's unfortunate as well because every sound, every sound, major, dominant, minor, half diminished, diminished, ranges from the root to the thirteenth. Every sound has a root, third, five, seven, nine, eleven, thirteenth, including the diminished sound. And that's what we've been dealing with all day today. So let's wrap it up with pattern five, letter E, A sharp diminished, B flat diminished, seventh mode of the harmonic minor scale using scale motion uh, from the root, third, fifth, and seventh. Here we go. Let's check it out. right? We do it every week. I say it every week. You know, I'm running a sprint through this podcast episode to get through all the material. And um, as always, we've unpacked an enormous amount of information in just one very short and very fast hour. Even though I played these exercises today using a diminished sound only, I want you to be sure to practice the exercises for the major and the dominant, and the minor and the half diminished as well, of course, right? They're all laid out for you in your Lead Sheets podcast packet. All of the exercises, all the patterns, all the sounds, all the fingerings are included. Now remember, you can indeed make some modifications as I've discussed throughout this episode to the fingerings to best suit your hand. But just be sure that whatever fingerings you choose, right, whatever fingerings you choose, they allow you to play the exercises with an authentic jazz articulation through the entire sound, the root, the third, the fifth, the seventh entry, right? Remember, the articulation of the musical phrase, regardless of the entry point, should remain the same. And your fingering should always include hand movement. There should be a shift, an intentional shift taking place somewhere within that musical phrase. All right. You have a ton to tackle this week, this month, right? So use your practice time wisely. Next week, of course, we jump into jazz improvisation exercises for B-flat altered sounds. All right. Once again, I want you to encourage all of you jazz piano skills members out there to use your weekly podcast packets, right? Your illustrations and your lead sheets and your play alongs to guide you as you study and practice. These are invaluable educational tools that will help you gain a mastery of the jazz piano skills, not just conceptually, not just physically, but musically. Okay. And as always be patient. I mention it every week, be patient. Developing mature professional jazz piano skills takes time. So begin structuring your improvisation development, practicing after the playing demonstrations that I modeled for you today in this podcast episode, and I guarantee it, you will begin to see, feel, and hear your musical progress. Well, I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills Podcast lesson Exploring jazz improvisation exercises for B flat sounds, the primary sounds B flat, major, dominant, minor, half diminished, and diminished, to be insightful and beneficial. Don't forget, if you are an ensemble member, Jazz Panel Skills Ensemble member, I will see you online Thursday evening at the Jazz Panel Skills Masterclass. That's 8 p.m. Central Time to discuss this podcast episode lesson exploring jazz improvisation exercises for B-flat sounds in greater detail, and of course, to answer any questions that you may have about the study of jazz in general. Wow, you can reach me by phone with any questions, 972-380-8050. My extension is 211. You can re- reach me by email, Doctor Dr Lawrence, drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. Or you can use the nifty little speak pipe widget that is nestled on every page uh, within the Jazz Piano Skills website to reach out to me. Well, there is my cue. That's it for now. And until next week, enjoy the jazz improvisation exercises for B-flat sounds. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Oh, 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 oh,